0: Hello and welcome to Handled Hey, it's Corey Vaughn with... Adam Samaha. And uh, today we're going to talk about an episode called Gerald Moves Out. It's in season two. It's written by Steve Vixen and Danica Ivanchovic. And it's directed by Stark Howell. And I can't believe that I said those
1: names without uh, falling over myself. Yeah, Stark Howell, that's a great name.
0: Uh, It is actually a really good name. It sounds like um, a James Bond villain. It does. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into uh, introing... Uh, this intro, uh, I want to say, uh, sorry to all football fans. Not that we got emails about it, but they are, people were furious yeah people the, were furious. the president even uh, <clears throat> tweeted something about Don't it. Let me just say that the NFL has finally stepped up by kneeling. Am I right? Oh, stepped up by kneeling. Yeah. That's good. Um, like I've had a lot of frustration about football because of, uh, Brain injuries. W- if you, if you, if this is your first time listening last week, we had a pretty, um, uh, Let's just say I was gonna say passive aggressive, but it was passive aggressive. It was more aggressive than (laughs) passive. I think it was just straight aggressive against. uh, We were yelling. We were yelling. We were not. We were not talking nicely about football. And while I don't apologize for what I feel or how I feel, I apologize in retrospect because, man, football is finally. For the first time in my life, I'm rooting for football.
1: And what's great about. them finding some sort of moral courage that they didn't have before um, is that it also ended all the brain injuries in football, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they figured it all out in so one I'm, fell swoop, which Yeah. is great. So, I'm sorry, so yeah, yeah. so we're, so we're, we're really, really football fans now,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, go sports, <laughs> it's been quite a week for sports. Um,
1: if Trump hates it, I probably like it.
0: That's exactly, I yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, sports is the most um, uh, uh, uh bipartisan thing, uh, in America, except if you don't like it, but then you probably don't like it regardless of your political party. Yeah. So it's it like, whether you like it or whether you love it or hate it, it's a truly bipartisan thing. And somehow, uh, Donald Trump has managed to fuck it up. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, I just wanted to speak to the
1: elephant in the room and the elephant was football and I'm sorry, football, um, and the Republican party. Get it. It's a symbol. Shoot. Oh,
0: dang. What? Uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, today was a good episode where we don't talk too poorly about football, right? We didn't really talk about it at all. I don't think we talked about football at all, yeah. Um, yeah, we talk about perspective and about, um, sharing life with others. Family. Loneliness. Having it, not having it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the grass is greener motif. Um, Yeah, this is a really solid character study on Gerald. Uh, you get to see a little bit about his pride and,
1: um. We do a good job. We talk about a bunch of interesting things. Yeah.
0: Isn't it great when we can just
1: talk? This is our podcast. We can say what we want. We really can. Yeah. And we got so much money for it in the Patreon, too. It was great. Yeah. It was a great episode. Um, So jump
0: in. Uh, but before you jump in, why don't you pause, watch the episode, and then play it again? All right. You're back. Now I want you to pause it again, rate and review us. Right? Yeah. That would be great. And yeah. guess what? We say it again at the end of the episode so you don't forget. Yeah, we always remind you. Yeah, we love your ratings and reviewings.
1: And just you as people.
0: We actually do. Um, you're why we do this, also because we like Hey Arnold, but we like both. And we really like to hear ourselves talk. Let's keep this intro going a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Let's get to the good stuff, the good stuff being a uh, Hey Arnold. All right, bye. go
1: go go what a nerd. Nerd. Go. 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 Lay,
0: and Okay. Gerald moves out, we find Gerald miserable living with his family. Uh, his brother beats him up. His sister ruins his cassette tapes. His uh, mom ignores him, and his dad uh, gets mad because he's playing too much music. And uh, Gerald decides enough is enough and starts to, uh, you know, complain. Well, he starts complaining to Arnold um, and uh, while talking about how much he wants to live on his own, has this vivid imagination of what his life would look like with pizza and doormen and movies and a maid. He he realizes, oh, Arnold's hanging up a a for rent sign at the boarding house, maybe I should move in. And that's what he decides to do. He pitches the idea to grandpa, uh, who decides that, uh, it would be a good learning experience. And so he convinces Gerald's parents, let's do it. And, uh, charges Gerald a quarter a day, which is a pretty unbelievable price for the city. If you ask me, uh, but Gerald realizes that, uh, living on his own is not all that it's cracked up to be as, uh, you adults uh, listening. know you have to do your own laundry. You have to eat grandma's cooking. Wait, well, you have to eat grandma's cooking, at least for Gerald. Uh, he has to wait in the line for the bathroom. So he kind of hopes that when his parents come visit, that they're going to maybe ask him to move home and they don't, they just troll him really hard make him feel bad. Uh, you know, kind of in a, in a backhanded way. Uh, and so when they leave, Gerald kind of mopes around, decides to go on a walk and he arrives at his own home, uh, childhood home. And he looks through the window at his happy family and it kind of sets something off, off in him. And he barges in and says, mom, dad, I'm nine. And, uh, his parents comfort him. And that's, uh, and, and say, you're always welcome here. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, I want everyone to know that while we were watching this, Adam looked at me and said,
1: this is an adorable episode. It's true. I think that is the best way to describe this episode.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, Gerald's
1: very cute in it. Well, Uh, you're reminded that like you're watching a show about children, about kids. And this episode kind of highlights that. Yeah. Um,
0: What are what do you think the like thesis points, the thesis scenes of this episode are?
1: Um, I think there's a few I think there's The one where At the very beginning Where he says that he feels Like a stranger in his own home is one of them A prisoner A prisoner yeah, in his yeah, own yeah. home Yeah yeah and, um, and then that last scene At the very end Which maybe we could Yeah let's uh, Let's play it through I'm gonna bust you up What's going on? I can't live by
0: myself In a boarding house I'm only nine years old Who knows what could've Happened to me
1: don't you even care? Oh, Gerald, we will always care about you. We just didn't want to make you come home. You decided to go on your own, and we hoped you'd decide to come home on your own. Okay. I'm deciding I, I want to come home. Gerald,
0: you are home.
1: Uh,
0: so, I think when you compare it to the conversation he has with Arnold... So, the two things that happen in that conversation is he says, I'm a prisoner in my own home. And he says, he just wants to live the good life, which Arnold responds and says, Oh, you are living the good life. You just have to share it with four other people. Uh, And the episode as a whole is about uh, there are a few things it's probably about, but one is, What does it look like to share life with others? And what's interesting is he's sharing life at home with his family, but he's also sharing life at the boarding house when he moves. So, in both cases, he has to kind of confront, Oh, I'm going to have to keep sharing life with people. Um, and what is beautiful about that last scene is that uh, his parents accept him no matter what. And uh, saying, we want to give you the option to come back is uh, actually really empowering. Um, and it's maybe an Id- idyllic kind of parenting style of like, yeah, sure. You can live at your best friend's grandpa's boarding house. That might be like too good to be true, but at least in the form that we're watching, which is an animated cartoon. It's actually really nice parenting, I think.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like allowing him to make his own decisions, therefore, Mm -hmm. to learn. Um, Yeah, I remember there was a Calvin and Hobbes where uh, Calvin
0: asks uh, if he can smoke a cigarette, and uh, his mom says, "Uh, sure. And so she gives him a cigarette, and he, like, chokes on it, and then he's like, oh, it's the... And I feel like this is, like, the the 10-minute episode of that.
1: I remember to to piggyback on that i had a friend who his dad caught him smoking and went out and bought two packs of cigarettes made him sit at the kitchen table and smoke two packs of cigarettes in a row until i threw up i i do feel like everyone knows a kid whose dad whose dick dad did that like yeah maybe too far but Way pretty funny far. yeah pretty funny and he's still a smoke cigarettes oh, <laughs> oh. so backfired Didn't nice really job work. obama yeah um yeah so i don't know i think this episode i think that was a very good description of this episode thank you um i think it is about like not understanding how good you have it in the moment yeah and probably the idea of i think it's like the romantic like the romantic view we have of like indiv like the rugged individual right like kind of like if you go at it alone then you have all of these options and you then basically um the world is your oyster and you can kind of do with it what you want but then you realize as life goes on that nothing is really like that. Like work environments or cooperative environments, home yeah. environments, or cooperative environments, um, living arrangements usually are as well. Driving a car on the street, like everything yeah. you public do. public transit if you yeah. don't drive. Whatever your thing is, yeah. You're basically surrounded by people and you have to just fucking deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of realized that. And I think that's the thing we kind of all go through. Right. Because the I think it's, it's like a voluntary component of it. So mm-hmm. I think like if you get to choose whether or not to leave, like, as you do as an adult, you know, like you feel like you can kind of opt out of situations. Right. It feels empowering, um, even though maybe it's false type yeah. of empowerment. Um, but I think him feeling like I'm stuck in this house, like mm-hmm. there's literally nowhere I can go. I have no options. As a child, it kind of drives you crazy. It's also kind of,
0: I mean, as adults looking at that, like, oh, how I wish I had those things. Like, not, not in the same... I don't wish that I was me now having those things, but like being a kid and not knowing how good you have it is. And and watching a kid kind of kick and scream while doing it. Like, Just through life. And it's so fucking easy. Everything's yeah, so yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Literally handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah. Uh, your mom. Well, I live at home right now, so we do family laundry <laughs> together, but, but here, so something, well, I do want to tell a laundry story, but yeah. Okay. I have some like deeper thoughts later. I'll, I'll save the deeper thoughts. I'll say the laundry story uh, when I moved, when I went to college freshman year, um, the first time I had to do laundry and I, you know what? In college I did all my own laundry, which is insane because I live five minutes away from my parents' house. Um, but I did my own laundry and I remember the first time I did it. Uh, I was very confused about heat and speed and everything. And I had a really good friend. My friend, Aaron uh, uh, was at the same school as me. And so I like called her and said, Hey, Hey, um, what do you do you what, uh, what do you know about laundry? And she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Can you come to the Horton Hall basement and help me?" And so she she came, and I like asked her a question, and she looked at me like I was insane, and she went. Cause she realized that her parents made her do laundry growing up and not, and I never <laughs> had to do it ever. And she like, it was this like sorrow, like sorrow of herself, but also sorrow that I'm not ready for to be an adult. Oh, totally. It was like kind of like a, a two sided thing. And so I, I think Gerald walking. <laughs> so I didn't explain it t- in too much detail, but he walks into the basement where the laundry is. And Mr. Wynn and Ernie are like arguing about real adult problems, like the lint and the, like <laughs> r- literally that, uh,
1: that's like real life. A, shit. Yes,
0: that's a side conversation I do want to have. It's like this episode's about real life shit, you know. Yeah. But uh, more on that later. Um, him just saying when when's my laundry gonna be done is kind of how I felt that first time I did laundry by myself. Like, when is this gonna be done? What like do I really have to do anything or can I
1: just press a button? Like, what what? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. And I remember when I first moved out of my f- parents' house, like being like. Budging it out and going, Yeah, I can afford this, I can swing it. And then, like, not at all putting like groceries into the budget, right? Not doing toilet paper, soap. And then realizing, like, every month at the same time, you run out of everything at the same time. Yeah. And then it's this extra money you have to spend and all the shit. And it's like the little mundane thing yeah. details that you're not for everybody, but my parents took care yeah. of for me. Yeah. You know, and they were obsessed with Costco. So we never ran out of anything ever. We had, yeah. you know, an abundance of all things yeah. necessary, not necessary. I, I think back back to the idea
0: of like uh, about real adult issues, which I think we could talk about some specifics on the episode, but uh, I think Gerald, the problems that he sees um, with living at home um, are not the same problems he sees when he lives on his own. Um, So the problems he sees when he's living at home is that his sister is just younger than him and his brother is a jerk. And his parents don't really listen, but it's not about like roof over your head, um, like, like things that are like actual uh, uh, as simple as a uh, as doing laundry. That's not Gerald's problem. Gerald's problem isn't like whether <laughs> his laundry is going to get done.
1: Yeah, Gerald's problems were like relational issues. Right. It right. was just like the nature of like being con- in a small space with other people.
0: Yeah, and so I think he thinks that all of his problems are going to go away, but they don't. They just shift to like more tangible problems well
1: in reality the problems he was confronted with were the the problems of people that don't have real problems do you know what i mean like if you don't like Having all of this free time to not have to worry about life, like say a three-year-old, do- like his three-year-old sister does, allows you the fre- flexibility and freedom to sit around on the ground with books and wrap, you know, cassette tape, cassette tape, around, tape around them, and the brother to do whatever the hell he's doing in the bathroom for an eternity. Yeah, because you know have what nothing really going. On. <laughs> you have nothing really going on. Um, so yeah, when you have real things to do, like that, that stuff wouldn't even be an option.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think like, on one hand, it's it's this misunderstanding of like a perception problem with with problems and this lie we tell ourselves like oh if i just had this my problems will go away and we talked about that a little bit last week too with like conflict with football um how uh just because they won the football game doesn't mean these problems are gone so like there definitely is a grass is greener on the other side motif that we can think about with this episode like oh it And, and, you know, as someone who's, I I'm currently living at home and I'm hoping to move out, I'm planning to in a few months. And like, I could think all day long, like, oh, once I move out, Ooh, baby back to, back to, I'll really be living then I'll be living the good life to quote Gerald. But I, you know, I, I, I've looked on my own before and there are great things about it and there are hard things too. And, um, I don't know, like,
1: I, I think, and it, it also reminds me of. Like when you're in a relationship for a long time and you look at sing- like what it's like, to you think like, oh, what would it be like to be single? And then you think like, oh, I could date anybody I wanted, and it's like, no, it, is my oyster. Yeah, it, like it doesn't fucking work like that. You yeah. know, what I mean, life is so much more complicated than that. And yeah. I think that's an older th- like thing that happens later in life. But I think for Gerald, it's like just being trapped at home. So another interesting thing, I don't
0: think it's very explicit here, but I think it's interesting is um, rejecting the family unit because you're like, he's feeling lonely. He's feeling misunderstood within his family unit, the closest genetic people to him. I mean, his siblings are the closest things he has to his own self, but he says, I don't want that because they make me feel lonely. And I think all of those, I guess it's like a little bit of abject kind of theory or um, uh, like self hate theory. And I'm it's that's not explicit in this episode, but I think it's interesting, especially when he looks in at him at his really at himself um, uh, at the end of the episode. He looks into the window and sees his family and he realizes that the the loneliness wasn't about them. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing a little bit. But... No,
1: I see, I see what you're saying. And I think I, I think he just saw every interaction as being annoying and problematic. Right, and then that like of course if you think that way like it sounds it's like a bad situation so you want to leave that situation right he wasn't seeing the good that was there um but i don't know i think there's to bring it back kind of to something we were talking about before i think um like in his mind yeah he's eating pizza he's doing all this cool stuff he's watching like t-rex's fight you know on like, yeah. this giant screen but then like you don't imagine it like the reality situation which is like two older men arguing about lint you know what i mean like that's literally the opposite of what he had planned in his yeah. mind <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. and and there's this writer like poet rapper guy uh that has this line that i really like it's like basically says there's more to it but that life is a chores list and i think oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah and, and that it's so true and, and i think this it, episode like is like sort of the, the visual visualizing that I think that the feel good
0: thesis of this episode is his mom saying you're always welcome here at home. And I think that is the thesis of the episode. But I think the other is we're all just a couple old men arguing about Lent.
1: Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. And that's most of life.
0: I think especially as adults watching it, it's like I relate more with Ernie and Mr. Wynn than I do with Gerald. At this Well, point, yeah, because you know?
1: what he, he's doing what we all do, which is like. Like, man, like, I have all these high expectations for myself. Like, I'll probably be, like, or like a reporter or I'll be, like, you know, I don't know, a fucking astronaut or whatever your thing yeah. is. You know what I mean? And then, like, life kind of moves forward and you're like, wait a minute. No, like, some people do that. Yeah. Right? Like, there is some kid, like, in a giant house with a butler. It's just not Gerald. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But so his <laughs> reality is it may be closer to arguing about lint, you know? And, yeah, I think – this is like one of those classic millennial moments, I think. That Yeah. The what, millennial crisis.
0: I, 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 and I think actually it is a um, – I think in the same way that Stoop Kid was an interesting millennial dilemma, I think this one is too because totally. – Like, so am I Gerald? <laughs> like, uh, like <laughs> I, I lived at home. I moved out. And then I came right back. Like, there's something – Oh, man.
1: I, I'm uh, – well, you didn't have the option, I think, of rent for a quarter a day. True, true. If I did, I would have stayed there, man. Yeah, that's maybe. what I'm saying. Yeah. But love, was... love you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: yeah, but I think that, I think, you know, if we were to write um, uh, a paper on why millennials are so attached to Hey Arnold, I think this would be one of the episodes we talk about um, is that it reflects our, like,
1: uh, our beleaguered attempt at um, independence. Totally. And just like how you see the trajectory of your life going. Yeah. And then where it will probably end up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are are very different. And I think yeah, when you're and in reality, his parents are kind of like the millennial Stereotypical millennial parents, like the, the parents of millennials. Oh, absolutely. Where it's like, yeah. you're fantastic. You're great. You're so wonderful. You can do anything you want. You can do anything you set your mind to. Like that type you of thing. You get that at the
0: end. For most episodes, you don't get that, which is maybe the reality of millennial parents
1: is they yeah, it, think that they are. And that's why it's a stereotype. Right, like there's right. components of that. And there's the unconditional love and all yeah. that stuff. Like, I think the way that, like, good old parenting used to be is love was conditional. Yeah. You know I mean, like, you do these things, you get love for me. But in, in in this situation, it's more like, yeah, you can fuck up and I'll actually help you fuck up so yeah. you learn something. But, you know, at the end of it, we'll still love you. Um, and that the, maybe some people would consider that a weakness. They would prefer him to just keep living in the boarding house, you know. Uh, yeah. There's pros and cons to the way that parents have been parenting. For, like, uh, they're all doing it wrong. and And right. No, none. Wow! No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they, wow. there's some. There's some. There's a few out there doing it right. Okay. I what I mean is what I mean is.
0: Like, if you look at like the the 1950s, like the stereotypical family, we know all the reasons why the 1950s family like really screwed it up. But there are also a few things that they were doing that was the right thing, like teaching responsibility and like like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, right? like mowing the lawn. I like mowing the lawn. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what 1950s parents did. Is um, I think they like. I think they made a lot of roast. Yeah. Like. Yeah. With potatoes. Racial slurs probably as well. That's not the good
0: part. <laughs> That's the bad part. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure that
1: was in there at some point.
0: Um, I have a couple little funny moments that I think are good in this episode. I mean, we've already talked about the Lint one, which is just. Mr. Wynn talking about Lint is. Amazing. Amazing. Um, it's very funny. Uh, Anyway, on. Uh, Also funny, uh, not funny, interesting is Gerald's complaining about having to, you know, live at his parents' house and complaining about chores and complaining about having to put laundry in a basket or whatever while Arnold is helping his grandpa put a for rent sign up on the house. And it's like, Gerald,
1: shut up, dude. Or or like help or something like. Well, and Arnold has like the blended life. He has like the life partially that Gerald really wants because he has a lot of freedom. He has all the cool stuff in his room. Right. But then Arnold is like kind of always helping his grandparents. Yeah. He's very involved in the boarding yeah. house and everything else.
0: Yeah. And I think so. So sometimes Arnold says stuff in a idyllic kind of head in the clouds way, and you go, Arnold, you aren't even thinking realistically. But when Arnold shifts the for rent sign. And then grandpa goes inside and then Arnold steps down the ladder and says, Oh, you do have a good life. You just have to share it with other people. He has a right to say that because he is doing that. He's, he's living the good life with other people. He's accepting that she, like living a life means having to share it with others. Totally. And I think, I think instead of him just saying it, I, I, idyllically it's
1: like rooted in a real experience. Definitely. And it's actually an experience that Arnold doesn't have. Like Arnold doesn't have those loving parents. He has grandparents who are very sweet, but he doesn't have like a normal nuclear family. Oh, that's interesting. And and Mm. I think there's something sort of meta about this show, this episode too, because you have Mm. Gerald sort of picturing this like life, like the, the, the the like aesthetic things, the physical, tangible things that Arnold kind of has. Mm. Um, but what, what gerald has arnold wants Hmm. do you know what i mean and at the same time like a lot of what arnold is so cool like look at his cool room it's like we as the viewer are doing that to arnold as well oh interesting i mean for the physical things that he has but his situation is kind of screwed up Mm. so it's kind of this sort of like weird jumbled like thing of like it's just very layered and it's like everybody wants what the other person has and yeah i don't know like lint yeah much like lint yeah. yeah uh uh what do you think
0: gerald like let's talk about gerald looking into the window of his own house like what what do you think about that do you have any thoughts
1: about that If I don't you know. don't it's okay right? <laughs> no i i i i think it's just i don't know there was something about that that was like a very human moment yeah and it sort of reminds me of like um what is like the ghost of Christmas past or whatever? What are, what are those? Christmas things? Carol. Christmas Carol. The, the, yeah. The ghost of Christmas. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we're like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the ability to sort of look in on basically your situation, but obviously he's not there. Like it's actually very rare. It's not a thing that actually really happens in life. Like that situation would actually be very hard to duplicate. I think,
0: well, it's similar to, um, but it's a good device. Tom like and storytelling Huff- device. Tom, story and Huckleberry Finn at their own funeral. Oh, totally. Like, Oh, what do people think about me when I'm not there? And when he sees his life with him absent,
1: he's like, I don't want that. I want to be in my life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, that looks like a great environment and a loving environment. Like I want to be there and experience it. Oh wait, I can. I already have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I think that's why it's important. Why the mom says, uh, you like you are home. It's not like you don't have to come home. Like anytime we share together, that's home. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really lovely beautiful episode that it ends with a moral but not really like it it's more of like it's okay like it's like a, just love your parents it's kind of what it's like yeah and it just be kind of
1: and if you way. don't have parents like that you should be sad because that's awesome it seems like
0: yeah wow that, I mean, that's, what, I mean, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying that's not what you're saying no that's what this that's what the is cartoon, cartoon is saying right yeah. uh, um, 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 um oh Uh. okay so a little lighter I guess is I I Love, 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 love the way that his parents troll him. Uh, And I was saying while we were watching the episode that Gerald responds to his parents visiting him in his little apartment. He responds like George Costanza, which is his pride is so huge that he can't admit I made a mistake. Um, And so he's saying like, like, oh, boy, I bet you don't want me back at home. Right. Yeah, he wants other people to do all the footwork in the
1: conversation in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: he, but in but indeed he ends up doing more footwork trying not yeah. to say I want to go home. And his dad, you know, kind of hits him on the back and goes, "Well, son, don't want to take up too much of your time. See ya." Like so um uh, w- uh, like a dick move but wise. Like what he needs like a right teaching now. Moment. Yeah, a really good teaching moment that is maybe humiliating, but I mean it got him to come home, I guess. Tough love
1: is what they call that. I heard of it. Yeah. That's not very PC, dude. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, this is a good episode. I feel like there's some episodes that are just super soft. Like, maybe this doesn't happen that often, but I feel like this episode's is really, really good, and it's really heartfelt, and it's really sweet, and it's adorable, and it's all those great things. But it's, it's like, kind of hard to dive into because it's almost, like, so – it's kind of there. It's all there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's almost, like, even better if you just watch it. Like, I think yeah. some of the episodes are better when we talk about that. <sighs> I don't think this is one of those yeah. episodes. Uh, well,
0: I mean, we. So, uh, another thing. <laughs> we're, that we're, we're doing a good job. When his mom and dad visit, and he opens the door, and he sees his mom, and he says, Hi, mommy. It is a gut check, both in like, oh, like, did he mean to say that? but also it's adorable. It's it's totally. it's showing his true colors, which is and, and you know, his parents heard that yeah, and they yeah. kept they keep a straight face, which is pretty funny. Um, but I think that like maybe not Freudian slip, but that um, really childlike childlike response to seeing your parents is pretty interesting. I, I, I understand what you're saying that this episode is like. It's a good episode. Well written. Good story. Good acting. Um, and. He's processing what we're processing, which is, I thought I knew what I wanted, but it turns out it was at home all along Yeah, and it's not complicated and it's not cheesy. It's like, Oh, it's good. And, um, it's like cheesy. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but it's not bad. Right. I, yeah, I
1: don't finish the episode going, that was worthless. I go, oh, that was, like, really, really good. And I, I think to dive into the thing that we talk about a lot in the show, or at least I do, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, though, but I think, like, it's also, like, a check for these characters, because I feel like a lot of times in the show, the adult figures are, like, not that great. Mm. The kids have a, a tremendous amount of freedom. You feel like these kids don't need parents. They don't need rules. They don't need any of that stuff. But then in this episode, it kind of shows oh, like the foundation of mm-hmm. it all and the importance of it. And yeah. that maybe not every character has the, ben- that, and obviously they don't because Arnold doesn't. Yeah. But that there is something to a good family unit that like is just good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't have to like look like his family unit at all, but I feel like there's something about like the unconditional love, wherever it's coming from. is just super good. Yeah.
0: And it also, it's diving into Gerald's um, temptation with pride and self, importance and totally. which I think I know we see in the next episode um, yeah I think that might be one of his bigger flaws like you know Arnold's is um uh, uh, being a fixer trying to fix everything f- caring what other people think Helga's is her like a dual personality her inability to do what she actually wants to do she kind of is self uh, self sabotaging self sabotaging all the time um, and Harold is like a glutton right so everyone kind of ha- and, and I don't want to like prescribe anybody just one thing because I think the characters are more complicated than that. But, but I think that this is definitely something we see a lot in Gerald is that he has this kind of self-important vibe. Like the fact that he's not able to say, I want to come home. It took him like barging into his parents' house. Like that, that was that it took like anger for him to get to that, for him to break through the pride. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I think, I think it's a character check both in that it's it's checking his powers, right? It's checking, mm-hmm. like, you know, you and I could say, oh, this show is just a bunch of kids running around. Oh, no, actually, this episode proves it's not. Um, but it's also checking his pride a little bit, too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a super good episode. Yeah. Um, can't wait for more. Uh, <clears throat> I have a feeling there will be more. I f- have a feeling there will be. Um, Cry of the Week. I, there's some good there's some good moments in this for Cry of the Week I think which is um you know I think later as the show progresses there's less and less of those I think early in the series there's a lot more but I think this episode's a good crap episode
1: Yeah I think the I think I'm going to do what I normally do I think my cry like oh, maybe gonna four be on Yeah I have to be it's my thing what, uh, what Do you have any actual tears Yeah these are real tears this is the listeners are waiting for this. So, so you, what you're saying, this isn't a moment where it
0: happened and you go, "Oh,
1: my heartstrings just got tugged a little bit." Now I have to piece it together. Oh my god! I have to do a little more work. I have to earn it, and, um, and that's what the listeners like. They're always telling me, "No, no not. we love your cries <laughs> <the> weekend. <laughs> so, and That's what they say. <laughs> um, and so it's basically kind of like, I think. What you expect reality to be like and what it actually is. Reality is not you sitting on a couch watching a big screen eating pizza. It's uh, two old men arguing about Lint. Right. And when you learn that, it feels kind of horrible. You know, like you, you can get this like very like nihilist thing going on in your brain. Right. But then you realize like there's something kind of awesome about two old guys arguing about Lint. You know what I mean? It's all about your perspective.
0: Yeah. That's you what I'm to episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well let's talk about perspective. You have something to say about it. We do, well no, that that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my piece. From my perspective is that you have more to say. Yeah.
1: Which So what you so you cried of Four Tears. Of what? Joy? Well, no. Like I guess it's just like a humanizing moment. I think it's like, yeah, yeah, I The check that he feels, like the gut check that he feels is like a thing I think most people go through in their life. Yeah. And some people deal with it better than others. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that is the show is I think, and I think you've
0: mentioned this before, it has a humanist strain. um, Like a, like a it's not just realism, it's like it's leaning into the mundane in a way that a lot of shows don't. And I think arguing about Lint Is, Or like, you know, standing in line at the bathroom. Why in the world would they animate that? But they did. It's like part of the... Yeah. and, And it's not just for
1: a gag. It's like, oh, he's really dealing
0: with this. Yeah.
1: Like, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's like, especially nowadays, like the way that we curate our lives through social media, it's like you think everybody's always traveling. Right, right. And they're always on hikes and like eating really good food and drinking great coffee. But, like, most of the time, they're, like, sitting in traffic in their car. Yeah, You know what I mean? Or they, like, have a stomachache. You know what I mean? It's, like, whatever. They're in line. They're in class or whatever. It's all this, like, not non-glorious activities. So there's a really great Tumblr blog.
0: I can't remember what it's called. But it's basically computer screens in Law & Order. And whoever made the thing watched every episode of Law & Order starting from the first season. Just the original Law & Order, not all the spinoffs. What kind of fool would do something like that? Just kidding. Doing oh, yeah, that's right. Watches every episode and screenshots every time a computer shows up. That's amazing. And so on the Tumblr, you can watch the evolution of computers because the show is like a 13 season show. It's really genius. interesting. And I think it's interesting because it's it's focusing on something that we take for granted, which is um, uh, computers. computers. No, no. <laughs> or, or just any anything yeah, in, yeah. just in the background or being used. And I think it'd be interesting to look at this show with that in the background kind of like oh they're focusing on lint right now which is something you wouldn't expect to be a moment in a kids cartoon but it is and i think they're probably are, and we haven't really been like talking about that but i'd be curious to see what else is similar to that like well
1: and and we kind of talk about this in a roundabout way i think unlike a show and i know it's a different time period but like a show kind of like rocket power or something with all these like extraordinary situations going on. You have super ordinary shit going on. Like right, these kids right. are like playing in a dump or they're playing in literally in a vacant lot or they're, you know what I mean? Right, there's all right. of these situations like taking public transit. Like one of the, the stories is centered around like, um, like taking the train. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's all sorts of situations like that in the show where it's, Sort of, and I think it is given the context of like kids sort of playing and, and doing the thing in their natural environment. Yeah, you know, like this is supposed to portray where these kids are at, and and although sometimes Arnold his head is in the clouds and he has those surrealist moments, you know, those dreams sequences yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, um, pretty much the rest of it, besides those situations, is just like very realist, very mundane, very realistic.
0: Yeah, I thought of that one with um, where the butchers surprise Mister Green and. He's talking with Arnold and Gerald, and then he, like, looks at his watch, which is, like, very mundane, and then he says, oh, I have to, like, flip a roast or something. I don't remember yeah, what he yeah. said, but it was the most, like, boring butcher thing to say, and that, and that's what ends the conversation. It's not, well, now it's time for you guys to go because the next part of the episode is happening.
1: Yeah, like, go on your kooky adventure. It's like, no, I'm going to do my job. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I might be wearing a nice suit for a party later, but I still have work to do. And yeah. so he, like opens the door and closes it and it says greens meets and you realize, Oh, like, people, well, that is his day. It's that's like his, his day. birthday. And he's still doing he, that shit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so I don't know, like I, I think a moment like the lint moment is, um, the backbone of this show, uh, in a lot of yeah. ways, the backbone, meaning a hyper-realist humanist mundane existence. Yeah. And, and we've talked about how this show is, you know, uh, urban life, poverty, um, like social structure. Uh, but I think included in that is allowing the mundane moments to kind of carry, carry the structure of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I still a little confused about what you cried about, but I think. I can, you know. <laughs> well, it birthed that conversation. It did. It was great. Um, I think. Mine is Gerald. Looking into the window, seeing his dad come out and say, hi, son. And then walking back in and like Gerald feels actual, uh, sadness and anger that like, he like drops his pride for a second and you know, the music as usual is beautiful and his eyes are downtrodden and it's, um, you know, it leads him to like real anger. Uh, and I think, uh, It's, it's almost like he was looking at his mistake and what he, like the loneliness went from him feeling like he didn't belong to realizing what he was missing. And both of those are loneliness, but I mean, I guess you had to have one lead to another before you can really understand them both. And yeah, it was a really, I, like, I felt really lonely with Gerald watching his family. Um, and it was lovely to see them accept him. But up until that point, it's pretty painful um, for, for, from his perspective, not totally. from ours. Cause we know what his parents are thinking. Yeah. But if you put yourself in Gerald's shoes, it's like, do my parents not love me? Like what is, and, and manipulative
1: maybe, but you know, it got him through the door, I guess. Um, yeah. And I think that we talked about this. Well, in that, interview thing we did with that with bobby um but that like his parents allowing him to go on that little weird little journey um was like kind of strange kind of abnormal but like he was actually able to learn something from himself mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of like what happens a lot in this show you know what i mean like these they go in these sort of strange get in these strange situations i like the term journey that's really nice yeah well thank you
0: no he went on he went on a journey where he was confronted with some bigger truth about himself and about people.
1: And that's like that hooky episode. You know yes. what I mean? Like it, it, you can just do the normal thing. You can take risks. You can even do the wrong thing. Like some right. people would say what they did was not the correct parenting move. Right? right. Right. But it is what they chose to do. And he actually learned something. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think there's something about the show and we talk about this a lot, but like the idea of like freedom and the risks associated with freedom, mm-hmm. and but the, also the things you can learn in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's good. So I would give I would give that look
0: in moment. Yeah, four tears. Um great. made me feel it. Uh uh any anything else? No, I think we're good. Cool. Um I we got it we do have a song. Uh it's by Leon Bridges. Uh it's uh the song Coming Home. And I don't remember what album it is, but he only has one album right now. So you guys should look it up. He's great. He's uh um I think he's lo low. low? Is he from Southern California? I think he is. I have no idea. Anyway, he's he's great. He's a crooner, um, a young crooner trying to bring back the some soul vibes. Um, his music is really good. He also has a really good uh, cover of Ohio, the protest song that uh, you also should listen to. But that's less to do with this. So, uh, coming home, uh, enjoy. Please uh, rate and review, um, which
1: we ask you all the time. Um, but you should still be doing it. Yeah, you should and if you already have make a new email make a new username oh please yes we like, it again yeah
0: we, uh, we have an email hey at gmail.com uh, we have a patreon um, just google
1: patreon Handled Hey and you'll find it and yeah give us your banking information social security and we're ready to go we are <laughs> we're ready to go uh, thanks for thanks
0: for joining us to once again talk about uh, a great show and find out that there's a little football head in all of us